Uh, let's let's be honest. It's a made up job. This is Dom Price. He's the resident work futurist at software company Atlassian. And if you're raising your eyebrows right now, asking yourself, what exactly is a work futurist? Well, Dom's not surprised. That's completely made up, right? But it's a made up job that's become very important. Dom started his career at Atlassian almost a decade ago with a pretty run-of-the-mill title, program manager. His job was to help solve problems as they came up. When I started, I was like, this is a great job because I don't have to do anything. Teams are just functional and effective and everyone gets on and we collaborate. But there weren't that many short-term problems to solve. And not having anything to do wasn't a great recipe for keeping Dom engaged in his job. So Dom had a chat with his boss. And my boss told me that I said, no, no, no. He said, you're thinking about firefighting. You're thinking about waiting for things to go wrong and fixing them. Your job is to fire proof. The idea of looking ahead, anticipating problems that were just peeking over the horizon to make the day-to-day work experience of his colleagues better, that lit him up. It involves saying, how do we think about the future of work? So what it might look like in 5, 10, 15 years so that we can make decisions today to directionally go there. That tickles me. That gets me excited. It gets me out of bed every morning wanting to improve how teams work. So Dom started diving deep. He gave presentations about the problems he saw coming into focus, the challenges of remote work, new technologies that could help teams collaborate from anywhere and how to prepare for them. This was all before the pandemic, by the way. And his supervisors offered him an opportunity. I'll be deadly honest with you, it was an experiment. They asked Dom if he'd consider a new full-time position putting what he'd been preaching into practice, making the future of work a reality. But there was a catch. The job didn't exist yet. There's no role, there's no headcount. And by the way, if you do it and it fails, there's no job for you. But that didn't phase Dom. We're not performing heart surgery. No one's going to die. Let's experiment. If I'm decent, there'll be a job for me. But if I don't try this, maybe I'll never know. Spoiler alert, the experiment worked. And that, folks, is how Dom started shaping the future of all the teams around him. If all we do is solve the problems people give us, that's not long-term success. It was just this moment of going, huh, it, it has made us successful, but it won't in the future. And as the world of work continues to shift dramatically under our feet, Dom's vision for the future of work may be more important than ever before. I'm Elise Hugh. And I'm Josh Klein. And this is Built for Change, a podcast from Accenture. Elise, I feel like I've always primarily worked made-up jobs. Why is that? How do you mean? I always felt like there's got to be something better than this, and <laughs> I'm going to make it up and try it out. And sometimes it works. Yep. Because the world of work is shifting and has been shifting so quickly that you've got to kind of experiment to keep up. Yeah. I and mean, we were having to throw away the old ways of working. And companies are having to do it, too, because it's what employees are demanding. Yeah. Companies were already starting to really take employee well-being seriously. Mm. But then the great shuffle happened and made those decisions about how we work even more top priority. And it can be hard for leaders to keep up with those changes, not to mention the fact that then they have to turn around and like model all of that to their employees. So in this episode, we'll talk with leaders who are shaking up the status quo and embracing the future of work from the top down. They're fostering a sense of collaboration, trust, and shared purpose to create work environments that actually elevate employees, not to mention businesses, to their full potential. We're not just in a technology revolution. We are in a transformational reinvention of the way work gets done and where businesses need to be. 
This is Christy Smith. She's the global lead of talent and organization and human potential at Accenture. It's her job to keep her eyes trained ahead on how the nature of work is changing and what business leaders can do to keep employees engaged and secure. Which makes sense because Christy actually started her career with a degree in social work. I remember when I was getting my doctoral degree and I was nearly finished with my dissertation and my advisor was telling me, you know, we're done, you're good. And about two weeks later, she came back to me and said, oh, we'd like you to rewrite this chapter. Now, you can imagine I was a puddle on the floor. Christy called up her sister for advice and she said, tough luck. That's just the way PhD programs work. Christy rewrote that chapter and finished her dissertation, but she stepped away thinking that this norm of making last-minute changes at the 11th hour could be reimagined. While that's a dramatic personal story, I think it is exactly what is happening with CEOs, is that this is the way I grew up and this is just the way we do it. And, oh, by the way, I've been hugely successful with that. Most CEOs grew up in a world where you checked your humanity at the door and you came in and ran through your list of uh, what you had to get done during the day. Well, the definition of success has changed for a lot of employees. Success no longer means working 16-hour days, never taking a vacation, and putting work before family time. Workers want jobs that they feel support their well-being, but it's taken a while for CEOs to catch up. We found that only 26% of CEOs are thinking differently when it comes to managing their people and organizations. And that's a very low number in my estimation. But the solution, it's actually pretty simple. I think that leaders are not being curious enough about other ways of working. They are still resisting what I think is this tsunami that's hitting them. Be curious. Face the tsunami head on and dive under the waves. All of that starts with meeting workers where they're at to reimagine the future of the company together. I give this advice to every CEO that I work with is walk the halls. They do it spontaneously. And walking the halls could be physically walking the halls or virtually walking the halls. But it is critically important to understand what matters to your employees. The simple act of listening to employee experience is key. Maybe the new work from home plan isn't clear enough and that's causing frustration. Or an employee is feeling stuck and bored in their current position. Leaders and CEOs in particular are looking at how do they build a culture of belonging? How do they lead with trust, empathy, transparency, and compassion in order to nurture a culture where their insides match their outsides? When employees feel that their values match the values of their company, Christy says that leads to a shared sense of purpose. Purpose is that place where I feel connected, valued, and heard by my organization and that the actions that we're taking in the world is consistent to what we say our values are. Christy says that this focus on connecting personal purpose with workplace purpose can even extend to the hiring process, which for a long time focused on things like your degree or technical skills. We've helped companies shift that interview to be, tell us who you are, what it matters to you, what is your personal purpose? How do you define what thriving looks like for you in the workplace? That's a huge shift. 
That shift means that you might hire someone based solely on what really motivates them to grow their skill set and perform at their best. Maybe their experiences working at a makeup counter show how much they love to help people out and lead to fantastic client management skills. And that could count for a lot more than where they went to school. Sourcing talent has changed dramatically. We're really looking at matching skills to the work that we need to deliver for our clients. And those skills can be resident in a person who has a four-year degree or a master's degree, or someone who has a two-year degree, or frankly, a high school degree only. When employees see that their skill sets are seen and valued, that contributes to their overall well-being and helps them to thrive in their job which is great news for them and for their company. I think that purpose is individual, but from an enterprise standpoint, you find the purpose in the behaviors, relationships, and actions of every leader. Leaders shouldn't just encourage these values, they should model them as well. I think CEOs and the C-suite are really being more open and transparent in terms of their own needs. That transparency reinforces trust. We often forget that our C-suite executives are the stewards of their organizations, but they too are humans. <laughs> and so they have to take care of their own well-being. For example, if leaders prioritize their own well-being by setting boundaries around their working hours, it'll be easier for employees to take care of themselves too. Very simple example. When a leader says that they're going on vacation and they're not going to be disturbed, but who really turn everything off and take vacation and then, you know, they come back refreshed and they talk about that, that is such a massive shift. We're all navigating this new world of work together, but CEOs and top-level leaders need to light the way forward by leading with empathy to create a work environment where all employees can feel safe to voice their opinions, connect to their purpose, and thrive. What leaders are now doing is meeting their employees where they are rather than the equation that has been in place for decades that employees have to meet the organization where it is. We have such an obligation and an opportunity with the privilege that we have to change the world for the better for everyone. There really is a tsunami of change going on in the working world yeah. right now. If right. you dive in and get into it and actually get involved, then yep. there's huge yep. potential. It can be enormously positive, but it's also a little scary. Well, either way, we're all caught up in it, yeah. right? Yeah. The collective experiences of the past few years have prompted so much change. Mm -hmm. Now it seems like we're bringing more of our authentic selves to work. And that's an opportunity. You know, yeah. Sometimes big shakeups like this can really push us to start moving in a new direction. True. But remember, you can't just make a change all willy nilly. Mm. You've also really got to listen to your employees. Mm -hmm. So next, we'll check back in to find out how Atlassian connects their teams through curiosity and collaboration. There's an element of curiosity, I believe, is in every human. And I think at some point in our childhood, we get it trained out of us. That's Dom Price again, Atlassian's resident work futurist. We lose curiosity and we, we lose play both of which I think are vital to thriving business. A lot of what Dom does as a work futurist is tap into his curiosity around how the teams he manages are working together, even as the world of work continues to shift. And that's particularly important at Atlassian because they're a software company that creates collaboration tools for their clients. 
anything that a team needs to be effective in how they work together. That, that's what we do through actually giving them tools that enable them to be more productive as a team. Most of those clients are managing employees who work at a desk in an office or remotely from their computers. For example, one of Dom's clients is a law firm. In the past, they were operating in a pretty traditional way. If someone needed an NDA signed, they'd walk up to their colleague's desk and ask them to send an email to get the ball rolling. And maybe that colleague would do that task right then and there. Or maybe they'd put it aside and forget about it. And that was just one of all kinds of little daily tasks that had to get done at some point to keep the business running. They had no way of tracking the work. They had no way of scaling up or down. They had no way of sharing lessons learned. We've all had to work where you're like, I just threw something over the fence. I've no idea when it's coming back. Now the law firm can track tasks like this through software on a computer or phone. Now I can hold you accountable and you can hold me accountable. We've got transparency in how we work. It's also part of Dom's job to cultivate that culture of collaboration and curiosity inside of Atlassian itself. And that got pretty tricky during the pandemic. I think our third biggest office before the pandemic was home. Before the pandemic, the company was experimenting with work from home options. When the pandemic hit and remote work suddenly became the new norm, Dom had to figure out how to keep their collaborative office culture intact with workers now scattered from all over the globe. In typical Atlassian fashion, we announced it before we had an execution plan. It's fine. After some trial and error, they ended up creating a work-from-anywhere policy. That meant employees could work from anywhere at any time. So Dom could be working in Australia at 5 a.m., while a coworker was logging on from Alaska at 10 p.m. And you might think that would make working as a team more complicated, and it did require some finagling. But Dom discovered something pretty incredible in the process. Here's the thing that really blew my mind. I heard from people I'd never heard from before. Back when his teams had been working all together in the office, they'd have these team workshops where Dom would stand at a whiteboard and steer a conversation around, say, a piece of software that the team was developing. And of course, everyone would be in the room at the same time. But that wasn't possible anymore. I'm literally going through all these schedules trying to work out what's the time that I can get all these locations. And I'm like, it doesn't exist. There is not a time zone that exists that all these people can be on. So he decided to hold an asynchronous workshop. He worked with his team to create a one sheet with content for the workshop and a proposed schedule. They used whiteboarding software to leave feedback and ideas over a 36 hour period. So everyone across every time zone could participate. Here's how I want you to put ideas down and really, really diverge. Right, like go wild, right? You get a prize for the craziest ideas. We did that. We voted and fed back. By the end of the week, we had an action plan for our top voted ideas and we'd never been online at the same time. Before, when these workshops were in person, Dom would ask for feedback as he stood at the front of the room, whiteboard marker in hand. But he'd often hear from the same people, the loudest voices. Now that everyone was remote and working on their own schedules, they had the confidence and space to speak up with their wildest ideas when they never had before. In this environment, they had a chance to, to read, to digest, to think, to ponder, and then respond in a wonderfully concise and focused fashion. And I'm reading this stuff going, that idea is amazing. Like, why have they not said that before? And then I'm like, ah, the environment changed. The environment changed, but in a way where Dom's colleagues helped to shape the change based on their availability and their ideas. They felt like their experience and their time were valued. It all leads back to the same idea, listening to employees and their individual experiences at all levels. How do we invest in our people to help them to be the best vision of themselves, not just today, but tomorrow? 
For Dom, that includes proactively supporting mental health. There's things impacting how you turn up for work. Is there anything I can do to help? Is there any support I can give you? Recently, one of Dom's team leaders came to him to say that a team member wasn't pulling their weight, missing meetings, not delivering work on time, to the point where leadership was considering letting the employee go. But Dom was skeptical. Until recently, this person had been really engaged, delivering amazing work. And so I was like, look, if you asked, and they were like, no. So they did what Dom suggested and actually talked to the team member about what was going on. They're like, look, I'm going through a really messy divorce right now. There's kids involved and it's quite volatile. So I will get a moment's notice that I've got the kids. And when I have, I can't turn up to meetings, so I, I don't turn up to them. They came up with a plan. The team member would communicate about when they were waiting to hear about picking up their kids. And they wouldn't have to attend meetings during that time. And so suddenly they're like, oh my God, I don't know what you did to him, but he's becoming like an absolute multiplier. Like he's amazing now. And what we find is when you have those crucial conversations, you can find a balance for people where everyone gets to be effective. Because his company values curiosity about its employees and their personal experiences, Dom's been able to think one step ahead, putting workers first. They're creating a workplace that's built to last. How do I take the people I've got and help them to thrive? Let's not, not tell them how to thrive, ask them. What's the best environment for you to thrive? It sounds the same, it's a fundamentally different approach. Atlassian basically jumped into all of this, right. gave it a shot, and then they listened to employees about what worked. Yeah, yeah. Well, listening to employees is really key. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have these employers who are totally out of touch. Yes. Like, I'm on the West Coast, there was a boss on the East Coast, and she refused to adjust times. Mm -hmm. So when she would say, like, hey, can I call you at 4 p.m.? I would say, you know, do you mean 1 p.m. Pacific? And she would just say, no, consider all time to be Eastern. Yeah, it's a lack of consideration that yep. just really resonates. It leads to a real feeling of disconnect. Yeah, and that's the last thing that leaders want, right? Mm -hmm. As we've been hearing, in order for employees to thrive, you got to feel like your work connects with your skills yep. and your values and, and in a real way. Yeah, and we've talked a lot in this episode about strategies leaders can take to build that sense of purpose. Yeah, and strategies are great, but you also have to have the tools to implement them. Good point. So next, we'll learn about a company that's created a tangible tool that leaders can use to help workers connect with their purpose, opening doors for their employees by uncovering the skills that make them unique. I'd seen purpose completely wrong for my entire career. That's Sean Hinton, founder and CEO of a startup called Skyhive Technologies. But before he was a tech CEO, Sean worked in a different industry. I was really perfectly happy doing what I was doing in my past life. I was president and CEO of the world's largest water park company. But even though working in water parks was enjoyable for Sean, it wasn't fulfilling. Obviously, water slides are a lot of fun and bring families a lot of joy, but that wasn't necessarily my idea of impact. Sean realized he wanted his life's work to serve a purpose that would drive real positive social change. Really what I was focused on was, what is this contribution I can make that may improve people's lives? Sean was a water park CEO, not a medical doctor who could lend his talents to saving lives on an operating table, or a scientist who could come up with new treatments for diseases. But he did know a lot about one thing. I spent 10 years as a labor economist before becoming a CEO. 
Sean had seen a shift over the last decade. There was a huge demand for labor in certain fields like healthcare and tech, but companies were still having trouble hiring workers. And that's because companies were trying to hire based on the wrong criteria. They were looking for workers with the quote-unquote right job titles, credentials, and degrees. And that led to a kind of miscommunication. Workers didn't see the jobs they thought they were qualified for, and so employers weren't filling roles fast enough. The modern future of work and beyond is not going to be satisfied by these models. How do the skills that you've acquired in your work experience, life experience, and educational experience, in other words, your unique skill DNA, relate to the changing nature of work and your desired career pathways? A person's skill DNA could include soft skills like resourcefulness, being a people person, or a great communicator. Skills that might come from life experience rather than past work experience. So Sean combined his unique experience as a labor economist with a whole lot of data and computing power, and he founded Skyhive. It's essentially a giant search engine that matches the needs of employers to the skills and experience of workers. Anything that's telling us about shifts in a labor economy anywhere in the world, patent applications, annual reports, job descriptions, compensation data, we're amassing all of this information. Once employers can see that full snapshot of the labor market, the software also acts as a tool that leaders can use to ensure that their employees' skills are seen and valued within their company. Because with that big picture in view, they can not only match workers with jobs, but show them in real time what skills they need to develop in order to advance on their career journey and fulfill their sense of purpose. Think of us as a GPS. So we're not the vehicle that's going to take a person on a journey from A to B in terms of reskilling. What we are is the GPS that's going to ensure that the direction and path that they take is the most efficient possible and gets them there as quickly as they can. And if something changes, there's an accident or a, an economic shock, that Skyhive recalibrates the direction to ensure that everyone is staying on the same path as efficiently as possible. They illuminate the way forward. Take, for example, the number of jobs opening up in clean energy. A customer service worker or a cashier actually has a pretty high skill proximity to solar installers. You know, basic organizational ability, communications ability, they're able to work as a team. Once skills are matched to potential employees, the company works with their clients to come up with a plan for training them. Like in this example, teaching people how to install an EV charging unit or solar panels. How do we actually take those folks and reskill them at scale to prepare them not to have to leave and take on other jobs, but to actually have advanced careers within their own organizations they're with today? Workers can also create their own individual skill profiles to see what kind of jobs, either inside or outside their organization, they might be a fit for. And it turns out that people often undervalue their own skill set. Let's say that I, you know, have a 15-year career. I worked as a maitre d' in a restaurant when I was in college. I was a, I don't know, a, a truck driver for a couple of years. And this technology goes out and brings me all the skills that relate to those job titles. And immediately I'm seeing skills I would have never have even imagined that I had. I do have them, but I hadn't actually thought about it. And on the employer side, this visibility into untapped skills made possible by the software can change the way that companies seek out and get potential employees into their hiring process. 
for the first time in the world's history. Companies will apply to people. People will not apply to companies. So I don't actually think this is an industry thing. I think this is an overall labor economy shift. Sean's company helps leaders to uncover new paths for current and potential employees to feel confident and connected to their work. Whether you're an immigrant who just moved to a new country with great experience but no U.S. diploma, or someone who has a real knack for programming but has never gotten their foot in the door at a big-name company to prove it. At least every week I get to hear a story, whether it's from, you know, the boroughs of New York and low-income communities and how our technology is supporting to work that we're doing right now currently with uh, supporting Ukrainian refugees into employment in the United States. And really that's the fire that gave me my purpose to hear those things keeps me focused and energized. When it comes down to it, Sean was able to connect his purpose and unique skills to his work, creating a tool for companies to help their workforce do the same. From a business perspective, and it sounds cliche, but doing the right thing is good for business, period. It's so beautiful that Sean did exactly what he built Sky High for, right? Like he was yeah. a CEO of a water park and he built a platform so that his true purpose yeah. could be realized in helping other people realize theirs. Right, he followed his purpose to found Sky High. Which is critical. I mean, there's so many changes going on right now. That purpose is what guides us. Yeah, because the future can feel pretty slippery. So for leaders, it seems like the key is looking to your employees, mm -hmm. you know, connecting them to purpose, centering their experience and modeling those values back to them. Yeah, that's the way forward. To learn more about the trends in today's episode, go to Accenture.com slash Built for Change. Big thanks to Accenture's Christy Smith. And to Dom Price and Sean Hinton for talking to us. Built for Change is a podcast from Accenture. More episodes are coming soon. Follow, subscribe, and if you like what you hear, leave us a review.